You're here to listen. I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, a God, Bible, and Church podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms. Please consider subscribing, giving a great review and rating. Listen to our past episodes, and be sure to tell somebody else about Spirit Signal. Podcasting is the future, and with the help of your loyal listenership, I will have a future in it. Joining me today is my friend, Pastor Bryce Jones. He is the assistant pastor at Landmark Apostolic Church, Sparta, Illinois, senior pastor Doug Rice. He is the Section 2 Youth Director of the United Pentecostal Church, Illinois District. Brother Jones is also a sales manager, husband, and dad. My friend, Brother Jones, welcome to Spirit Signal. Brother Gleason, it is, uh, it is an honor, and uh, I... Uh, I appreciate you having me today. I look forward to it. Absolutely. You know, uh, speaking of Illinois, shout out to Illinois District. Ever since the beginnings of Spirit Signal, Illinois District comes into the top five. So I tell you what, Illinois District gets it. They realize podcasting is the future. How about that, huh? <laughs> it's good, right? Oh, man, that is great. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I've, it's been a few years, but anytime I went to Illinois District for youth events, camp meeting and stuff, it has always been phenomenal. Is it still that way? It's still that way. I mean, we have a great district. Um, there's just a spirit, a, a, a good spirit of unity. Uh, we got incredible leaders, incredible talent all across the state from top to bottom. So uh, a lot of good things that Illinois has going on right now. Yeah. Did you have to slow down section two during COVID-19 or were you one of those guys? You didn't care. You just, you didn't, you didn't care what COVID-19 was. You went with it. How did you guys navigate through this? Oh man, we navigated it through the voices of those that were over us for sure. And, uh, we, there were some youth events that we had planned and, uh, you know, unfortunately had to reschedule, um, and we're learning quickly that everything has a very short shelf life in 2020. And so, um, mm. we, you know, it's kind of hard to put something on the books, uh, at the moment, but th as far as a district, the district has been able to still, you know, uh, uh, accomplish a lot of great things, spiritually speaking. We've had some great events virtually, um, and we've seen a lot of lives impacted through those events. But on a sectional level, we've, we've been involved with the, with the district and what, everything the district are doing. But we have not, uh, to, this, to this date, had a rally uh, or anything, an SFC rally or, or anything like that. So we are hoping that we can still get something in by the end of the year. But who knows? <laughs> Wow. Well, I love Section 2. You know, I was with you all about three or four years ago there in Heron, and you remember mm -hmm. the building got vandalized. And uh, hopefully, yeah. they, hopefully they caught those schmucks that did that. <laughs> and, but you know what? I like walked in. I thought, you know, everybody's going to be real sad and melancholy. There's, I, what, didn't they take out the fire extinguishers and spray the, the building down? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, I believe that's, yeah, I believe I, something in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I walked in, th I thought I would see, you know, debris, thought I'd see walls knocked out. I, I walked in and uh, Brother Griffith, I mean, he had that church uh, sparkling clean. It yeah, smelled I good. It tell. looked good. It was packed with youth <laughs> and was. Uh, music was phenomenal. They had Dustin Griffith leading worship. I mean, you put together a phenomenal service. I think you guys had a great SFC that year. And a couple kids came for, to receive the Holy Spirit, and they did. Walked out of there talking in tongues. So, uh, yeah, we, our our sectional rallies are are well attended by the youth. I mean, they that's pretty much what it is. It's it's eighty five ninety percent youth at our at our rallies. And uh, yeah, Heron Heron always does a great job for us. They're tremendous hosts, and uh, anytime there's a rally there, we always we always look forward to it. Mm hmm. You know, at the beginning of COVID-19, I, I kind of freaked out a little bit. I, I, I was blanking out. I didn't know what to think, what to feel. But I tell you what, who kind of kept it going, man, was the youth. I know in mm -hmm. our local church, I, you know, you look at youth group kids' social media, 
I think a lot of them were actually excited, thought it was the coolest thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess now we're in the real world and they haven't arrived yet, you know. So well, but, uh, at the beginning, what yeah. were they saying? You know, you could save lives by sitting on your couch. I mean, so I mean, there was a lot of people pretty pumped about that thought. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Uh, did you see the youth do anything extraordinary? Have you heard any extraordinary stories you know, about youth or just something that you've observed that kids are doing for a positive impact for the kingdom of God you in know, Illinois I mean, or anywhere? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, all the details as of yet stories are still coming out and I think there's going to be tremendous stories that are going to be told uh for years to come uh about what's what's been accomplished this year I do know that on in our district we've already had kids um I think even as early as June or July um hit their number for real McCoy which is to raise at least a thousand dollars for she's for Christ so you had kids that just said, I don't, I don't care. Like, this is what, this is what we do and we're going to mm. continue to do it. And they had a goal and they've gone out there and just killed it. And you're going to have real McCoys in the middle of a pandemic, you know, uh, raising money, uh, to spread the, to spread the word. So. I love that. What a great story. And for those uh, students that are listening to this, thank you so much for all you're doing for Sheesh for Christ. Uh, the hand of the Lord is upon your life. And I've just noticed a pattern. Youth group kids that get involved in SFC, they go on to do great things for the Lord. They always I, do. You know, I completely agree. Yeah. You know, growing up, kids that really got into SFC, now this is me, we're 90s kids, all right? Mm -hmm. SFC kids that really got into it and went on missions trips and stuff, they were always nerds. That's just the way it was now, but now it's the opposite. I know in our youth group around here and places I go to, you're not, you're not cool unless you're doing something for SFC and you are, it, it turned and you're not cool unless you go on a missions trip. <laughs> so, uh, we, we thank God for that. Let me ask you yeah. something. Uh, Pastor Bryce, I, okay. When I, I, th I thought about this the other day, am I happy? Am I happy? And I thought, you know, I, I am happy. I'm generally relatively happy, but I just got to thinking about the happiest times in my lives in my life. And it was when I was a teenager and as a kid, mm -hmm. because I valued happiness, everything was about being happy. But nowadays I think I'm more content to be, to know I'm meeting all of my responsibilities. Is that how you mm -hmm. feel? Or would you rather be happy? <laughs> you know, I, I kind of, I can see where you're coming, uh, coming from with that statement, you know, and it's the whole, you know, the happiness is based on what's happening, you know, what's happening around you. Um, and as a kid, you know, especially a young kid, young teenager, where you're living at home and, uh, you know, I was, so I'm the oldest of, four boys and I was the last one to move out from my house um so and people always like why did why did you do that and I was I would always just kind of jokingly tell them like why would I move out move down the street whenever there's free milk right here in this uh -oh. fridge <laughs> you know? I feel bad so, for uh, laughing <laughs> so you weren't like one of those 400, 400 pound guys living in your mom's basement playing PlayStation. No, I wasn't that. I wasn't that. And I, I did move out. I think when I was around 20, 21, somewhere 21, 22, right around the age. I, I, I got married and moved out, but you know, yeah. Happiness is based on, so what's, what's happening around you. And, uh, and uh, the, yeah, the older I get, it's, you know, cause we could always find something that's going to drain the happiness out of us. Cause it's not always just, mm. uh, you know, uh, a fairy tale life. Uh, but is that what you said? Meeting your responsibilities? Is that what you, yeah, I just, I kind of look at it. Happiness is for kids. When you're an adult, I, you, I, find, yeah, yeah. you find satisfaction in meeting your responsibilities. No, that's so my wife, she has turned me into a, a list person, uh, where I like to write a list out what I'm going to do 
for the day, what I'm going to do for a week, or maybe even like this month, I, I wrote down a few things I'd like to accomplish this month. And there's some, there's just a level of satisfaction that I get by just crossing something off of that list. And, you know, uh, meeting a goal, meeting something that I felt like I needed to do. But yeah, I totally agree with that. Statement. Yeah. And I, I think that's just a mark of knowing that you have left youth and become an adult is when you wake <laughs> up every day and you're getting things done. And uh, there's a joy in that. Yeah. When you're a kid, you, your joy is in your entertainment. Sure. But then as you get older, you realize less entertainment equals better life, you know? Yeah. And I, being being a pastor myself and now being a podcast host, something that really concerns me, the major setbacks that are happening in people's lives based upon feedback that I get and what I observe, it all boils down to choices. It all yeah. boils down to choices. Sure, everybody can be, I guess, down on, down on their luck, in, you know, if you believe in that sort of thing. Sometimes life has its way of pulling the rug out from underneath us. Sure. But you know, I mean, you, you walk downtown and you, you see homeless people, you see bums, vagrants, whatever you look at them. A lot of them are not older people. They're younger. They're 21, 22, strung out, strung out on drugs. Yeah. You know, there you, you just see all these bad things happen and you look at it and you wonder, you know, I know people your age actually grew up in worse circumstances than you, but they came out of it. Okay. And they're doing okay. They're able to pay their bills. They have a house. They have a family. You know, what, what is the difference? Why, why do some fail and why do some, you know, succeed? And I, I think it all boils down to choices. When you realize that you have to be responsible, I think you get life figured out. And uh, you're, a, you're a man that I, that I look at as a guy who did it right. And you made good choices, starting with why would I move out? You know, when I can live at home, save money, do this and that. And, and sure, you know, it may not be cool when people say, where do you live? And you're like, uh, I live with my mom, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was 27 when I moved out and I did the same thing. I moved out cause I got married, Yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, choices are really good. Uh, how, how did you come to the apostolic faith? How did that happen? Oh man. So I'm 34 years old. So it's, it's, it was 20 years ago and I actually was just recently talking to our church and I made a statement. I said, 20 years ago, I said, isn't that crazy? Like you're old when you can make a statement you say 20 years ago. <laughs> I know yeah. it's tough. To, it's tough to swallow. It's tough to say. Uh, so I was, yeah, I was right around the age 13 and 14. Um, my family. Uh, so my mom and dad divorced when I was nine years old and, um, mm. So they were married 10 years, uh, which I mean, today, 10 years is like a marathon to a lot of people, you know, they were, so they were married for 10 years. Um, and so they, they were divorced. I was nine or 10 years old and I went to live with my mom and, uh, and my mom, uh, we grew up in a small town in Southern Illinois, it's Dupont, Illinois. My mom had moved us to the next town over, uh, Pinckneyville, Illinois. And uh, Wait, say that again. Uh, Pinckneyville, Illinois. Pinckneyville. 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 Yeah. And yeah, it's Pinckneyville. Yeah, that's that's what it is. There's a silent C in there too. I like yeah, that. C K. Pinckneyville. <laughs> yeah. So um I I, I don't I, no specific reason. It's just the next town over. It's like a 15 minute, not even a 15 minute drive from where we grew up. And so there we were living in, in Pinneville, Illinois and going to school. Well, little did I know where we lived at was probably about four blocks away from the uh, First Pentecostal Church uh, at the time, pastored by Dwayne Bollinger. And, um, I didn't know, you know, we, we weren't raised in church. Um, we weren't even like your, uh, Easter and Christmas only, you know, uh, churchgoers. We just, uh, not that I grew up in a, in a bad home. Um, uh, but yeah. there wasn't ever, you know, any, uh, there was no spiritual leadership, but I had a good dad. I had a good mom. 
but mm-hmm. church was never a priority. So anyways, we're living in Pinkneyville. My, my mom gets a job uh, at, a, at a place that does, of course, now this is, you know, uh, so years ago when they used to print out, now everything's digital. And uh, she worked at a place where they would make like these little trifold pamphlets for different communities. You know how you would stop in like a, uh, like a rest area or something and you're headed into a, a town. There would be uh, these little pamphlets that would kind of direct you and lead you and let you know what's all in that town or maybe a history of the town yeah. or like a marketing pamphlet. So she worked at a uh, creative design place there and she worked uh, her cubicle was right next to the pastor's daughter of the first uh, first Pentecostal church. Um, so this was Janelle Bollinger, uh, so Andrew Romine, um, his wife Janelle. Oh yeah! Uh, wow. Yeah, okay. worked worked right next to my mom, and uh, you know how Pentecostals are. I mean, we're just going to invite people to church and we're going to talk about the Lord and we're going to try to figure out any way we can talk about Jesus to the people who don't have Jesus. And, uh, so that's what she did. And, um, and she became, uh, a friend of my mom. And, uh, I remember, uh, see, I had some younger brothers. So my mom had, uh, hired out, I believe Janelle and then Janelle's sister, Tara, who they would uh, come and babysit my younger brother. Uh, and I had a stepbrother and stepsister at that time. And so little by little, they started picking my family off one by one. <laughs> and uh, my, uh, my mom would go to visit the church. My brother, my, the youngest of all of us, Kyle, he went and got baptized, filled the Holy Ghost. And, um, and, and little by little, they, and I was the very last one. Like I was, I was the holdout. I was like, no, this, this isn't for me. And, and, uh, I, you know, I didn't even know, you know, it's like, it's like people who say they don't like a certain type of food, but then they have never tried that type of food before. That was me. Like I had never tried (laughs) the church, but I knew that I didn't, that's not what I wanted. And, uh, anyways, to make a long story short, I finally gave in and went to a service um, and the Lord just started to deal with me through those services and, uh, specifically the worship services. Um, I still, to this day have vivid memories of seeing the worship leader up there leading in songs. And I can remember walking home from church, uh, all by myself, just singing the praise and the worship songs that they sung at that church. The Lord really, uh, dealt with me, um, through worship. I I was very, very young, uh, to, I don't remember, uh, you you know, being at a young age and stuff. Like I wasn't, I was just like any other kid when the pastor gets up there and preaches and stuff, I'm paying a little bit of attention, but man, the the music (laughs) really, really got me. And, um, Yes. But the the music led me into a love for all of the other things too. And I have, uh, I'm really, one of my things is I can memorize um, uh, sermon titles. And so I still to this day remember uh, sermons that Brother Bollinger would get up there and preach. And, um, you know, you know, you're saying 20 years is not that long ago to remember, but this was just me starting out like I had no church background or anything. And uh, anyways, God dealt with me and uh, I started seeking after the Holy Ghost and I was, I would be the first one at the altar and I'd be the last one to leave. Uh, It it Mm. took me a while to get the Holy Ghost and I uh, remember wanting it so badly. And I finally went to my youth pastor and uh, I said, Hey, I want to be baptized, you know? Uh, And he, so my really awesome story really quickly um, the night that I was baptized, I invited my, um, uh, my dad and his wife at the time to come. And then, uh, it would be my stepmom's uh, son. So it was my stepbrother and his wife. Uh, so they all came to see me get baptized. And not only was I baptized that night, my dad was baptized. My wow. 
stepbrother's wife was baptized. Um, and there was one other person, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was, but they were, they were all baptized. And so like, I have this whole, like all of my family, uh, uh, my immediate family have all been baptized in Jesus name and filled with the gift of the Holy ghost. Now I, I wish I could say that they're all still in church today. I have hope that they will come back. Uh, but my dad, my dad is, is unbelievable right now, how good he's doing, how on fire for God that he is doing. Um, but anyways, that's how, that's how I came into the church, man, 13, 14 year old kid and just became a friend, uh, 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 somebody filled with the Holy Ghost became friends with my mom, and became became friends with the family, and just led us to led us to the church, led us to the Lord. Wow, you never know who you tell about the Lord at work or at school or wherever where that might lead to the salvation right. of, of 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 a big family. Wow, That's what right. a story! That's extraordinary. So the worship service touched your heart. That was the first oh, part man. of church. And I kind of grouped the church experience up into several categories. First of all, you have pre-service prayer, you know, uh, you have a worship service, you have offering, you have preaching, you have altar call, then you have fellowship, you know, those four, four, five, six deals. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people, it is the worship service that just gets them, you know, singing those old Pentecostal songs. They were, they were designed to entertain the Holy ghost right? designed to create the moving of the spirit and that, and it would minister to people. And, and I was that way, you know, growing up in church, I, I it, worship service and altar call were the two, two beginnings for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worship. I, I, you know, check out during preaching, man, that altar call came, man, I was up there. See, you were the first to hit the altar in the last. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. I was so, I was so hungry for it, bro. Um, and I wanted, I wanted the Holy ghost so bad. And, um, you know, and uh, you know, you get in there and you start, you know, listening to what your pastor's preaching and stuff. You're like, man, I need to get, I need to get right here, you know, and just being at church, I, I, in the beginning, I felt like I was right. Cause I was there. And then, you know, the more you get preached on, the more it reveals to you, Hey, you're not right. Just cause you're here. You know, this is, this is leading you to where you need to be ultimately. Um, but yeah, man, I, I wanted it so badly. There was another guy I remember in the church, uh, his name was Nathan and, uh, we were both seeking after the Holy ghost. And I remember it almost like not, not a competition, but you know, we were like, we would go back and forth on who was going to be, where we, who was going to go first. And a lot of times we found ourselves there, like literally as soon as you know how the the uh, structure is the pastor has the music come and then they, they, they preach a little bit longer and then they have everybody stand. Uh, well, there'd be some nights as soon as that piano started playing, we'd head to the altar or as soon as the, the pastor had a stand, we would head to the altar. You know, we were, oh, I love it. Yeah. We were trying to not outdo one another, but we were both wanting the Holy ghost at the same time. And uh, you know, God filled us in his timing, you know, and his timing is mm-hmm. always perfect. Uh, but wow. I remember those nights in the altar, man, just crying my eyes out, just searching for God. Amazing. You know, those people that I've noticed it through the years and I was one of them, you stay late in the altar. Yeah. You know, God, you know, even when service is dismissed, that doesn't mean God is done. That's right. And I've noticed people that linger at the altar, God does special things for them. Yeah. Special things for them. And you, you go to a deeper level in the Holy Spirit. And I've noticed that. And I tell you, in COVID-19, that's the thing I miss the most is those altar calls. But uh, bless God, we're getting them back because COVID-19, as mysteriously as it arrived, it is mysteriously in the same manner leaving. Praise the I Lord. It. Yeah, I believe it. Wow. Wow. Praise God. And I just uh, I feel the Holy Ghost uh, hearing you talk about. Isn't it amazing? You just talk about God and you can feel his presence. He Amen. gets interested yeah. in conversation. I'm here in Kansas City. You're in Illinois. And it's amazing already uh, feeling the presence of the Lord, and I'm blessed for it. Okay. Um, you know, we met in Bible college, everybody. Uh, 
Pastor Bryce and I went to a Bible college together called Gateway College of Evangelism. May it rest in peace. <laughs> and I remember meeting you there in the cafeteria, and uh, we made a great connection there. Did you know you had a call to preach when you uh, when you went to Bible college? Bro, I did not. Um, mm. So I how always how, felt. Well, okay. Let yeah. me ask you this then. So when you went to Bible college first, and then the yes. uh, call from the Lord. Okay, what led to going to Bible college? What? Because I get that question a lot. How do I know I'm supposed to go to Bible college? How, how did all that go down for you? Yeah. So how it all went down for me is, uh, you know, I started to get not necessarily established in church, but, um, you know, I start, I became faithful, uh, at church, uh, and, uh, started, started teaching Bible studies, um, in high school, uh, with some, with some different ones. I remember my youth pastor, uh, really encouraged us to teach Bible studies. And I don't know if you remember them or not, but they had those Bible study in a bag. I think they still have them. Um, oh yeah. It's in like a little brown paper, brown paper bag. And, um, I remember our church got several of those and I, I had a Bible study going, um, at my high school and this was before like P seven or any of that stuff. Right. I, I know people were doing Bible studies in their high school at that time, but I, I remember doing my first Bible study. There was one kid and, uh, I, I just taught him, you know, I put flyers up, Hey, we're doing Bible study. Only one kid showed up, but then, you know, the next week I did it, I had seven. And so I remember starting to get used in my church. Um, Pastor would have me start leading worship, man. And I have some hilarious stories there of just some, you know, when you get <laughs> a microphone. And, and, uh, in oh, we got time. Well, I'll just share one. <laughs> oh, man. I remember one night I was leading or pastor had me do prayer. And so we would we would open up with the song. And then after the, after the first song, I would take the mic and, uh, I would take prayer requests and, uh, you know, anymore when you open it up for prayer requests, you could be there for a little while, you know? So it's very mm. dangerous to do it today, but back then, man, we just did dangerous. it like, Hey, we're, yeah, we just did it. Hey, can, what anybody got a prayer request? And then we, one by one, we would go through, well, that night I took prayer requests and then our, our pastor, I think it was our pastor. Somebody had, had left some notes on the pulpit of uh, pr people we needed to pray for. And there was one lady um, in particular. I don't remember her name, uh, but she was not doing well at all. She was an elder saint in the church. And uh, she wasn't there. She was in the hospital. And they were not, like they had called the family in. It, it didn't look very good for her. And so I, I made mention of that in the, in the service. I said, Hey, we need to pray for sister. So-and-so um, she's, I said, she's literally on her last leg. And the, the worship leader behind me, I heard him just kind of let out a small laugh and he had to contain himself. I, I made her sound oh. like a lawnmower, like, <laughs> like, a, you know, like she's on her last leg. Like I made her sound like a piece of equipment uh, you know, that's getting oh, ready to go out. So, oh man, I, I, I still, sometimes I have nightmares of that and I take the pulpit like, just be very careful, Bryce, how you, uh, way you put things. <laughs> oh man. Wow. But, but yeah, I started, I started to be used in the church and, um, I was nearing the end of my senior year of high school and I, I had no plan. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't incredibly like um, uh, motivated by any particular thing. I loved, I loved the church. Um, mm. I loved the church uh, so much. It, it became, it became everything to me. I mean, and I grew up uh, very uh, active in sports and I remember um, I played baseball uh, in high school, my freshman year, I was able to play varsity, um, baseball and, um, awesome. as a, as a freshman. And, uh, I remember going into my sophomore year, the schedule just started to conflict with the, with my church. And, um, mm. I, I felt like I needed to make a, a choice. I needed to make a decision, you know, on what, what's, what's going to be most important to me. And I, I, without question, I knew it was the church.
And so, um, so I, but I, you know, going back to my senior year, I did, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have any scholarships. I didn't have any, you know, I wasn't filling out any, anything for colleges. I wasn't even seeking a certain college, but I began to have conversations with my pastor, you know, about what, you know, what I should do. And he's the one who pushed me towards Bible college and uh, began to talk to me about Bible college. And, um, you know, so I, I didn't really feel a specific uh, call uh, to go to Bible college, but I was just submitted to my pastor. And whenever he started to bring up to me uh, about the possibility of going, I was, oh, wow, that's really cool that I would be able to go, you know what I mean? And wow. that, that how neat of a thing that that would be uh, to go and to try out. And so, uh, so I went and uh, it's where you and I met and uh, it was a, it was a great experience for me. Wow. So. so would you say pastor Bollinger, you know, he could see the call of God on your life. Your pastor identified that yeah. could see it. Yeah. That's what pastors do. That's and true. yeah, if you got a call of God on your life, the man of God or the woman of God, they'll see it. Mm -hmm. they, they'll know it. You won't even have to tell them. They know what it looks like. They can see it. Wow. Well, yeah, I appreciate, we, I appreciate that, that, you know, when, when ministers, when pastors see the call of God on men and women, that they, they, they have a way of articulating that to them. And I appreciate that so very much. Just looking back on my story um, and the fact that I had somebody there to push me in that direction and to encourage me. Um, but I, you know, I just very, very thankful for, uh, you know, a pastor. That's, you know, one of the greatest things you could ever have in your life. So. Absolutely. Thank the Lord for that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, at Bible college, I, I mean, we were taken very seriously. We had a lot of great ministry opportunities, great, uh, great times, you know, dorm life was great. Extracurricular activity was great. But uh, if you want to know a gateway secret, pastor Bryce was the Jay Leno of gateway. And I was the Austin powers <laughs> of gateway. So, uh, we'll leave oh, it at, man, we'll leave it at that. To say that. You, had to say you know, that. around, around the holidays, you know, when, when, uh, everybody's got their mind on having fun, I think I'm going to do an episode where I share a lot of old stories, Bible college stories, and, uh, we might awesome. have to have you, uh, back on here, pastor Bryce. And let's, let's have a, let's tell all a full disclosure of everything that happened in Bible <laughs> college. We might have to do that, would, but, uh, but here we're today, that. we're supposed to talk about making good choices. Okay. <laughs> 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 Well, that's awesome. So, yeah. So the Lord pulled on your heart. You were hungry for the Lord. Your pastor identified and helped set a direction in your life to go to Bible college. When did you hear the Lord uh, motion to you? Hey, I've got ministry inside of you. I want to use you. When did that happen? Well, for me, it was, it was a, just a, it's, it was a pro, it was a process. Um, you know, I, I never did hear an audible voice you know, from God. Um, I always, yeah, I always just found myself right smack dab middle in the middle of the will of God. So I never, I guess I can say, I never really sought after, uh, becoming a minister. Um, I just found myself ministering, if that makes sense. Uh, so I, I remember, Oh, man, wow. going back to to church in Peneville, I remember they started to, you know, let me teach in the uh, in the high school, uh, the high school class. So like the older youth class. And I began to help the teacher uh, in our Sunday school room. And then she would just give me a part of the lesson. She's like, hey, I'm going to teach page one and two and you take page three. And we had had a third teacher. She would take the last one and then we would all rotate who would open and whatnot. And, uh, I started, I started just helping out in, in teaching. And, uh, that is just, I guess just me wanting to do something and be involved as much as I possibly could in kingdom work, you know, that, that has kind of pushed me to where I am today. 
I never sought after becoming an assistant pastor or even a youth pastor because I, I was became a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor um, in Pinckneyville. So after I came home from Bible college, um, my pastor uh, asked me to be the youth pastor. And, uh, you know, that was, it was one of the easiest yeses that I've ever said, you know, there was, I was like, man, that's awesome. I would, that, you know, I would love to be the youth pastor. And so I became a youth pastor and we did some like wild, crazy things there, man. Like, you know, cause I was a young youth pastor too. So I remember one night we, we had, we were like, let's have a gym night and let's invite all the churches around. And, uh, so my brother and I, we, uh, we borrowed our, uh, we borrowed our grill from our house. And, uh, I remember we had like so many hamburgers on that grill and I don't know if any one of us knew how to grill. Um, but oh. I remember the whole gym was full of smoke, just grilling hamburgers yes. and everybody <laughs> smelled like burnt hamburgers whenever they left oh. that place that night. You see, we did some crazy stuff. That but is glorious. That, yeah. So he asked me to be youth pastor and I was, so I was youth pastor for, um, an extended time. And then when I met my wife, um, uh, I ended up moving over to, uh, Sparta where her dad was pastoring. And it's about 20 miles away from uh, where I grew up and where I was uh, came into the church at. Um, and then not long after I was in church with them, uh, he had asked me, there was an opening uh, for the youth pastor position. And uh, so I became a youth pastor at the church I attend now uh, for, oh, I don't remember how many years I did it, several, several years. Um, and then, you know, you, you kind of just slowly start uh progressing and the you get older and the youth are getting younger and there was an opportunity for uh, me to transition uh to uh, an assistant pastor and basically what all i'm saying justin is that none of these none of these spots none of these landing spots for me have ever been things that i have um petitioned for or sought after I just was mm. trying to do the work of God as best as I knew how. And God, yeah. it's, it's his job to do the elevating and the promoting and all of that stuff. And man, when I put it all in his hands and just trust, I mean, the doors open and I just find myself at peace with the decisions that I've made, um, knowing that he's behind this. Um, and, and here I am right, right in the middle of, of, of the will of God and doing his work. Amazing. You hear that, listeners? That's how it is. You find yourself in the middle of the will of God. And how you do that is start making good choices. It's true. Because when you make a good choice, it leads to usually another good choice. And the same works with bad choices. You make a bad choice, it leads <laughs> to more bad choices. Pastor Bryce, I, it's sound. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, you know, concur with you on that road. Like, and that's what it is whenever you think about some people, uh, some people make it. The reason that I think a lot of people um, maybe are discouraged uh, a lot of times is they feel like they make a decision, but they don't see the results quick enough. Um, but wow. the thing is, is yep. that, you know, we talk about choices, you know, it, it correlates with habits and you know people wonder why do habits matter and i heard this one time i heard it said that successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally mm. so there's there's something about being consistent so it's not just necessarily you making a decision today but it's you making the same decision tomorrow to and, and being consistent and that's where you're going to find you know, success. And that's not just, that's not just from a spiritual standpoint, that's just in every area of success that we could even discuss. But I mean, even people, you know, people that I look at to, and I look up to, and I, I believe are spiritually thriving. I believe that they're spiritually thriving uh, because they are consistently living out the disciplines that help them grow closer to God. You know, it, you could even look at it physically. Yeah. You know, people that, you know, have are in shape and, and what do they do? They're, they're consistent, you know, consistently putting into work or if somebody's 
financially a success story. They are consistently making the right decisions. So I would just encourage somebody that, you know, it's about you consistently making the right decision. You know, can you make a right decision on a Sunday night at church and then back that up on a Monday morning whenever it's all breaking loose and you don't know which direction to turn? Can you, can you stay true to your disciplines? Wow. Absolutely. And those type of things, those type of qualities, virtues you mentioned, those are the type of things that open doors for you. You know, the Correct. ministry, it's going to come through the invite of somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's going to come through the opportunity of somebody else, your pastor, your pastor's wife, somebody. That's right. And you need to be saying yes whenever an opportunity comes up, right? You need to say yes. 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 Uh, yeah, it's amazing. People are so set back because they said no. You know, if you, if you believe you got a, a ministry in your life and somebody gives you the opportunity to give a two-minute testimony before service, mm. you better mm. say yes. Yep. You know, if, yeah, if the pastor says, I need some people to show up early to help set up chairs, and you feel you want to do something for the Lord, yeah. who, do you, who do you need to find? We, we've lost something in, in us in this generation to want to find favor in the eyes of our pastor. Mm, yeah. And you want favor in the eyes of your pastor. You better start saying yes. You better that's start right. saying, let me, let me do it. And that's, that's just how the Lord observes somebody, that type of heart, that type of spirit. And uh, it's amazing. Those type of people, you know, how much wisdom the Lord gives them when the time is right and needed. Right. And, uh, right. You start picking up on those good uh, habits, good uh, disciplines. And like you said, successful people do consistently or have, you know, reoccurring discipline habits of what others do occasionally. Right. And that's a profound statement. And uh, I I think that's great. And it's never too late to start, right? It's never too late to start. No, it's never too late to start. And I would just just add to that, that, you know, we got to we got to remind ourselves. I I think that we've been guilty sometimes of having our own personal vision of what ministry looks like, you know, and that it looks like uh, 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 you preaching a sermon or, uh, you know, and, and whatever that is, but ministry is so broad. And I remember, um, my pastor saying one time, he said, you know, he said, I know you see me up here preaching. He said, this is probably, this is, this is 10% of what I do. <laughs> you know, this ain't even, yeah. this ain't even a 10th of what all there is, you know, to, to ministry, but it's exactly what you were saying. Hey, your pastor needs help setting up. I mean, and you're there throwing out chairs or picking up chairs and man, I've done both. Uh, Cause you know how it is whenever you're, whenever you're young, you want to, impress the girls with how many chairs you can fold and pick up on one arm. So, but that's, (laughs) but that's ministry, you know, you, you helping out and serving. So just, just don't have one, uh, just one narrow, you know, thought of what you think ministry is. And as that ministry is so much bigger than that. Yes. So yeah, be available serve do it with excellence yes go to the altar before the altar calls given well within reason you don't want to be a (laughs) draw attention to yourself you know and then certainly stay late and get involved (laughs) in serving you'll be surprised what opportunities will come to you and they just keep on getting better and like we said one good decision sets a direction for greater opportunities and greater decisions so yeah, right. that's, these are things we need to be getting right and get, and get it done correctly, you know, when we're uh, in our teens and early 20s. And everything you, can, everything you get your hands on, do it 100%, go after it. You right. know, and talking about serving, you know, after this, I'm going to go in our sanctuary and make sure, you know, we've have to, I've had to rope off rows and sections to mm-hmm. keep uh, social, social distancing in our church. I, I got to do that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up, clean up, you know, a little bit, just tidy up a little bit, turn the air on, open up the doors, do all of that, you know, and yeah, you 
Yeah, it is awesome. And you know what? That stuff pleases the Lord. It does. I'm going to return fo- I'm going to return phone calls. I'm going to return texts. I'm going to talk to a few people before church about things, you know, and you know, then of course I, I preach and do other things. And then I'm I'm a you know, in the process of trying to begin maybe thinking about writing a book, you know, and I've awesome. never done that in my life, you know, and I'm trying to self-educate that. I got a family to take care of. So, you know, there's, there's so many things to do and yeah, we've got to get it out of our mind that ministry is not just in the pulpit. It's a great place right. of influence and it touches a lot of people, but there's so many other things uh, to do. So yeah, uh, we need to be getting uh, our salvation experience, right? We need to uh, seek for it. And uh, we don't believe once saved, always saved. We believe once saved, once saved, stay saved, you know, and then uh, make a good decision on what you're going to do after high school. Uh, Don't go to the wrong college. Don't get involved with uh, the wrong deal. You need to choose the right decision, right path. What does your pastor see? What does your parents or, or somebody you trust that's older than you sees all of that. Right. Right. And then, uh, uh, you know, and, you said the voice of God didn't come to you. And you know, that's the way it is for most people. And I don't think yeah. the will of God has to be spoken necessarily, but the will of God can be seen. Sure. The will of God can be observed. Like when I first right. met you, I thought he's a preacher. I could just see it. <laughs> you know, the will of God is observable. And you know what else? It's clear and right. it's peaceable. Right. All, all of those things. And the will of God is observed and you walked right into it. And you're in it, my friend. And I'm glad you're able to uh, tell us about it. Okay. Uh, dating and uh, getting engaged and married. You know, that's something if, if you do it wrong, you can really mess up your life forever. Mess it up. Oh yeah. Big time. I think, I think marriage could even, uh, you marry wrong. It's worse than going to the wrong college or choosing the wrong career. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something yeah, you do it. not I believe it. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, I've heard Dr. Ben, ben Carson say the two leading causes to poverty are, first of all, having a child out of wedlock. And then secondly, not having an education. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, what they, what the pastor preaches, you know, don't fornicate. There's reasons for that. It not only right. will cost you your soul, but it can majorly set you back in life and uh, it can That's, just yeah. uh, tear you apart, you know, and so, and you see this with, with kids that are dating, they get involved sexually and they break up and they're a mess forever. You want to know why it's as if they were divorced. Yeah. You know, and it just uh, blows their life apart. So, you know, you want to do what God says. You want to do what the Bible says. You want to do all of those things. And uh, you and Sister Jay have a have an incredible marriage, beautiful children, uh, great life based upon good choices, good decisions, and and uh, following the path of the Lord. So, ha- what was your uh, what's your dating story, engagement, marriage? How did it all kind of begin? Yeah, well, thank you for the kind words about my family. They are a tremendous tremendous family um and i'm i'm very blessed uh so mallory and i we met um back in 2007 like the the uh in the second half of 2007 Mm -hmm. and uh, we kind of knew i think each other in passing um because we were in in the same section um and we had seen each other at a youth rally or youth event. And, but I was, um, four, I'm four years older than her. And so, uh, you know, I didn't, I had no idea, uh, you know, you know, you know, anything about it. Like we, so we, uh, we began, I, I got, I can't remember exactly, but I got her number from somebody uh, what and yeah I got her number that and, works uh, <laughs> it did it did in 07 <laughs> yeah so I got her number and uh, I shot her a message and uh, we began to um, to just chat with one another okay and, who did you get uh, her number from because most girls would say <laughs> they, most girls would say that is so weird oh my god he got my number from somebody else it worked uh, man you know what nowadays it's like now they have like you know dms and stuff like that so nobody even gets numbers anymore it's like it's 
it's right there. You just send them a direct message or something and either get yeah, ghosted, as they say, or, uh, you oh, know. And you that's real, man. Ghosting <laughs> is real. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Oh, man. But, yeah, so I, I shot her a message, and we began to talk, and then um, I would see her. Uh, I remember we first started dating, and we she came to a softball tournament that I was in. And, um, wow. her dad says from the early, you know, from the early stage, you know, how you, you say, uh, ministry and the call is, is obvious and you can see it. Uh, her dad already knew I was the one, even before she knew I was the one. And so mm. I had won her dad over and uh, anyways, we had a, uh, we, we dated for, um, a year and a half, um, I think we were, we married in 09, what it seems like a lifetime ago. And, uh, and now here we are coming up on 11 years of marriage and two children later talks of a third one. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, uh, life's good. My family's awesome. I love it. So when you say dating, I've, it, I know what dating is in my mind. You, you slick your hair back, you put on the nicest shirt you got, you clean up your car, you Febreze everything. Right. And you go in, pick her up and take her out to the nicest restaurant you can. Mm -hmm. uh, did you do that? Or was it all just softball? Oh. <laughs> no, we did. We did. And the, the bummer part is, is that you can clean up the inside of your car, but if you have just a total, you know, back then you, I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee and, uh, yes. and it was a, you know, I say it was a deep orchid, but everybody calls it the purple Jeep. Um, but it oh. was, <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, uh, yeah, I, I agree with, with your sentiments there on dating that that's what you do. You make sure that that car is on point with smelling good and you want to have some good cologne on uh especially yes. some good deodorant on yeah and uh yeah you go out to a nice restaurant which like whenever i was really really young that was the cheesecake factory that was always the good place or oh, the spaghetti yeah. factory or anything that had factory at the end of it, it was probably going to be a success. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You remember I worked at Cheesecake Factory, right? I, I don't do know. remember that. Yeah. Yes. My white pants. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know about that. See, they, because, and the reason I'm asking you this is because a lot of guys don't know what a date is. They think they mm. can generate a relationship on direct messenger. And, yeah. and, yeah. and they can just start calling her girlfriend right then. And, no. And no, the girls these days still want to get dressed up and go out and be seen. And oh, yeah. dating as a way is just to have a little taste of what marriage is. Meal after Correct. meal after meal with the same person. <laughs> conversation after conversation. And it doesn't get any better than that, right? That and, is true. Uh, so, yeah, and make you need, sure you pay for the meal. There you go. That's another. And, and it's sad that we even got to say that. But, you know, it's just the the it's just the destruction of civilization. Yeah. You know, I think Correct. civilization is going to be destructed before the tribulation. <laughs> and I, I, th I think it's just happening with guys. They don't know how to date and yeah. you need to get the blessing of her pastor. You need to get the blessing of her father. And if you're, if yeah. you really want to, you know, go after and get some extra credit, talk to her best friend and there you go. get the cool from. So, Hey, hey, it's worth it. If it's the will of God, it'll all, that's right. all line up. So uh, that's how you do it right. That's how you do it right. That's how you do it correctly. Amen. So, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, Pastor Bryce and I, uh, we're both very similar in age and went to the same Bible college, both in ministry, got great marriages, beautiful children, you know, in this, in doing well in the ministry. And it wasn't like we were anything great. We didn't have anything handed to us. We just said yes. And we That's made right. ourselves available and you just kind of keep moving forward and moving forward and keep going up. But sadly, there was a lot of talented people, a lot of anointed people out there, man, that didn't make it. They're backslid. It's sad, isn't it? It's very sad. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think a lot of it is what you said earlier. People think it's going to come quicker than what they expected. True. And they just get discouraged. 
Well, and I think a lot of times, you know, um, there's this whole um, concepts versus commitments um, aspect uh. to it that a lot of people, they like the idea of something, but not they're not committed to it. Um, you know, I remember uh, growing up, I, I thought I wanted to own a dog. And, um, but I, I didn't realize the commitment that there was involved with owning the dog. And so whenever I got the dog, I was like, good night. Like, I, I don't have time for this. Like, there's no way. So I literally owned a dog for less than 24 hours. True story. <laughs> True story. Man. I let the dog, let the dog go. I gave the dog away. But I think I see a lot of people, they have this they fall in love with an idea, um, but they don't know why, why they're doing it. And there's no commitment. And if there's no commitment that the, the, the love for the idea is not going to last. And so there's a, there's a commitment that we have to get to that we have to reach that's, you know, Hey, not every day is going to be Friday. Not every day is going to be just fantastic. They're going to be some, they're going to be some trying times. Right. Um, but if you're, if you're committed, if you're committed to the call. That's, that's all you need. That's all you need. And so I, I, it's disheartening to see people that have fallen away, um, you know, and you wonder how does that happen? Well, that's, yeah. they, they weren't committed and they, uh, Hey, and speaking of this, they still made decisions. So it's not like they yeah. didn't make a choice. Um, but just like small good decisions will get you a the results you're intending for, small bad decisions uh, over time is going to wreak havoc. Mm. Yeah, they all kind of just stack up there. Yep. Nobody is who they say they are. They are who they have always been. That's good. You know, and that's right. You walk away without commitment or in other words, a love for this thing, a true love for the truth. And, uh, they, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we, we become what we repeatedly do. Yes. You know, so, I mean, that's why, you know, you may think it's just a small insignificant thing. Um, you know, getting up and taking your family to church, that's not insignificant. That's not small. But over time you are setting the precedent. Ooh. Hey, this is what we this is what we do. That's right. Uh the principle of little by little. Yes. And yes. Rarely does God do anything huge and suddenly it's just little by little. Mm -hmm. Little by little. Good that's good decisions right. day in and day out. What do you say, Pastor Bryce, to that person who lives almost like a moth? You know, you ever you ever been camping or just just out by the campfire? A moth comes flying by; they always mm. dive right in the fire every <laughs> single time. They they do, and you you know, a moth is a more, um, I guess, uh, sophisticated creature than a butterfly. You know, it has mm. uh, it's more powerful. It's stronger. It's it has everything to outlive butterflies. It is actually a, a spectacular creature, but it gets around a fire. It dives right into it. Yeah. And there's people out there that they're, they're good looking. They're talented. They know how to make friends, but they get around the fire and they just dive right into it. I mean, they, they keep dating the wrong person. Yeah. They, you know, they do really good. They, you know, the pastor forgives them of their mistakes and they get them involved and then something stupid happens. And they're, and I mean, I, I don't have any advice for people like that. I, I <laughs> I'm about compassioned <laughs> out you know, for it, yeah, but it's all based upon decisions, right? It is. And I would, I, I mean, I guess I would say uh, to that person um, and it's advice that I feel like I've given out um, multiple times, um, including with some family members of, of mine that in, until you get your priorities straight, 
you you will constantly keep doing the things that you hate to do you know you will constantly keep making the wrong decision because you're there's no balance in your life there's no you haven't you haven't you haven't got your stuff in order for for lack of better terms you haven't got you know and i always say you know there's a the the scripture seek ye first the kingdom of god and his yeah. righteousness and um that is so powerful and so true yes it is but a lot of times you see people try to do it backwards and they're they're like oh, i've i've got to i've got to get my relationship in order and i've got to get my house in order and i've got to and i've got to and i'm not saying those things aren't important but if god is not number 1 in your life everything else it doesn't matter where you have it placed it's out of order and so i would just you know encourage somebody to 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 put him ahead of everything else in your life and and watch because he's he's promised us that that all of these other things that we worry and stress about they're going to fall into place where they should fall into place at but until he is the main thing um you're just going to keep diving in that fire. Mm. That's just the way the human flesh works. You know, drawn away. We want what lust. we want, right? Yeah, yeah, we want what we want. And uh, Satan has his way of still transforming into that serpent and causing us to True. question everything that God said to do or to not do. And that's he has right. his way of setting us back, and that's what he wants to do. To pull well, us back. It's what backsliding it, means, right? That's right. Pull us back. That's right. Well, and you know, you know, what did Paul say? He said, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. Um, there's another version of that scripture. And it says, it says, I'm a mystery to myself. You ever felt that way? Sometimes like I'm, I'm a no. mystery to me like i don't know why i keep i keep doing uh what i'm what you know the things but it's it it all goes back to your your small little choices that you're making on a on a daily basis that get you to that point um and what's what's crazy to me and like studies will show it that um we pretty much all want the same thing we pretty much all like if you were to if you were to send a poll out to all your listeners and you said, hey, what do you want most in life? What are the three things that you want most in life? You're probably going to get a lot of the same answers. We want to be successful. We want to be healthy. We want a good family. I want to find the right person. You know, you would uh, we all want the same thing um, that and that is that is bizarre to me to think that successful people and unsuccessful people they have the same goals so so what's the what's wow. the difference like where where are we falling off it's it comes down to the little decisions that we make that whether we think they're significant or insignificant good or bad they're leading us to a place in life that if we're not staying true and our priorities aren't staying where they need to be if we're not being staying true to our disciplines i mean that's that's the that's going to be the uh the the equation to all of it well, are you going to be successful or unsuccessful we all want the same thing you know but the, the but the results are you know what is your what are your systems in place that are determining you, the outcomes that you're getting and a lot of times we're turning our backs on on things like putting God first ahead of this and putting God first and foremost, no matter what. Um, I mean, priorities are a huge, huge thing. Um, and, uh, and you got to make sure because if you're not, uh, you know, it's, it's like, if you were, you look, I look at different people, the Bible, and Daniel 
Daniel was successful, why? There were other people around Daniel that were talented. There were yeah. other people around Daniel that's, that was successful. But what, what was it? Daniel, Daniel's priorities were in order. Daniel was making the, the mm. then he was faithful and that, that he never wavered on that. That's, that's what he Amen. did. That was, that's what he did. And there was no taking him out of it. And when you have the right priorities in place and you are doing the right thing, you have the right system, then you are more likely to become the person that you want to become. But you know, it's again, the, <laughs> the heart wants what the heart wants. And at the end of the day, my grandpa always said this, he said, man, he said, at the end of the day, people ultimately do what they want to do. Yep. People ultimately sure do. do what they want to do. And, and basically uh, I, my job is to encourage people to want to love God, to want to serve God, to want to be faithful to him uh, and to, um, to work for, you know, his glory. And so, but again, people are going to do what they want to do. Yes. Oh, that is good stuff. We are a mystery to ourselves at times. It's true. That's, that's why, I, you know, you got to submit to God because our will can be cruel to us. Our flesh that's can right. be cruel to us. And most of the setbacks we have, the bad decisions we're talking about is sin. That's right. It's all sin. It leads to our downfall. It leads to our setbacks and not moving forward. Right. You know, you know, that's why we've got to stay on the path of righteousness because the ways of a transgressor are mm. very, very hard. Amen. That's right. That's Pastor right. Bryce, thank you so much for uh, jumping on here today. Thank you for opening up your life. And this has been a blessing to me personally. And it's inspired me to uh, continue to move forward in the Lord. And I know that our listeners certainly do appreciate it. And uh, will you come back on sometime and uh, talk with us? All right. We will definitely have you back. So, all right. Section two, Illinois District, your youth director, Pastor Bryce Jones, speaking with us today. We also want to give a special shout out to uh, Landmark Apostolic Church of Sparta, Illinois, Senior Pastor Doug Rice, and uh, anybody else who personally knows Bryce Jones. Reference the episode notes to uh, contact uh, Pastor Bryce and other things uh, regarding uh, this episode can be found there as well. That's all today. We hope you'll join us again next week for some more incredible content here on Spirit Signal. We love all of you. God bless. Start making stupid decisions!